Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. That is extremely, extremely important and extremely good. We need to, I feel like for the past, probably this entire year really, We've talked about this, about the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod, and we've brought this up, and, and I almost sometimes I'm like, Yahweh, I just don't even want to say that. It just comes out. I don't want to talk about politics. I don't want to get in, into that stuff. But the truth is, is it's, it is it is the sign of the times. It is, it is what is taking out, I believe, kingdom, good, uh, good-hearted believers. It's like we have churches that are based on opinion, you know what I mean? Like opinion-based Christians, opinion-based followers, and it makes them so back and forth. It makes them so wishy-washy, and we, we, we don't use politics to deaden or to weaken or to, what's the word I'm looking for? quill the the power of 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 the kingdom like that is that is so down here like politics is so down here and the reason i always bring this up is because i believe my job as a pastor as a leader to this people is that it is my opportunity when i have you in front of me to remind you of the power that's within us, that you are the answer, that it's Christ in you that's the hope of goodness, that's the hope of glory. And it isn't, it's, it, you know, it, it's not just that darkness starts to become in us. Like really, I don't believe that the enemy really just wants us to be dark. That might be the ultimate goal, but the best thing is to have believers that are just a, uh, a, a kind of shaded light like just a dim light because they're still believers they're still but they have zero authority zero power they're not on fire they're not really lights that are going to change anything they might come in for a moment but the truth is if you're just a little light if you're just a little candle if you're just a little bit burning then the enemy can come and one thing goes one way and gone uh, eliminated no problem so we still believe there's churches, but we're just, they're just becoming weaker and weaker and less relevant and less relevant. But really, in this time, this should be the time that the church, that tribes, that people are the most relevant thing on the planet. That people who, I don't care what the media and what the news is telling you, are sick of being controlled. And they want to see something that is good, something that is full of light, something that is full of glory, something that changes something. And the longer we just focus and learn about the, the darkness, the more dim we become until we ultimately do become dark. I, I always say that you don't need, you don't need a, a degree in darkness university to become a light. You just need to be a light. In him was life and that life was the light to all mankind. Like we have got to be fully alive, fully seeking, fully aware of what's going on within here. Otherwise, this is just church, and I can just go about a message, we can talk, and we can just go on, and we can, we can do that, but I won't be the pastor. I just tell you right now, I won't be here. I, I, the, the last thing I ever want to do is pastor a church. I don't want to do that. That's not what I'm called to do. I want to be, be a part of a tribe, 
And if that means leadership, great, but how I'm going to lead is not by reminding you that things are bad and that we got to focus on politics and we need to make sure that these people are seated in the White House. Trust me, get on Facebook. You can find that from many, many preachers. Prophets, yeah. Prophets that are talking more about politics and the kingdom of God. Right? Like, they should, the prophetic word should highlight Christ. It should elevate him in our lives, not elevate some other man or elevate some other opinion. We've got to be a Holy Spirit-led people and not a politically-led people or a darkness-led people. Actually, that you, now that you said this, in, in Isaiah, there's, there's a thing that I think is pretty interesting where Isaiah's uh, prof- prophesying a word that he's getting from the Father. In the time, it's a, it's a very politically divided moment. And there's the Syrians and the Armenians or something are outside on, of, the, of the gates of Jerusalem. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of tempers. There's a lot of people against, you know, one way politically or this way politically or how this thing should be handled. And Isaiah comes out and he says this. This is uh, Isaiah chapter 8, verse 11. He says, For the Lord spoke thus to me with a strong hand and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of this people. Like, there has to be a difference. And that's not just being a good old Christian who doesn't drink and we don't smoke and we never cuss. So I'm a good Christian. Come on. Come on, man. Like, for real. That mentality has weakened the church so much. It has drawn dividing lines that don't need to be there. It has made, listen, it's all about the heart of a person. It's about the heart of it. And if you don't agree with how people act and how they do things, whatever, as long as you know their heart, you should not be dividing yourself from them. You, sh- you can still walk. You can still walk. You know the heart of a person. That's how Yeshua did the whole thing. He didn't go through a checklist. That's not how he, that's not how he lived his life. Most of the people that we would be like, eh, he was like, come over here. That's where I'm going to walk. That's who I want to be around because all you are fake. That's the bottom line is most people who have that opinion are fake and are dealing with the same things you're dealing with. The difference is that I'm not to walk in the way of these people. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Well, these people, they are for the people I'm for, and they see things the way I see them. All the more reason to step back and say, but is this Holy Spirit-led, or is this a wolf in sheep's clothing? For the Lord spoke thus to me with a strong hand and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of this people. And this is what he said, saying, do not say a conspiracy concerning all this people call a conspiracy. Nor be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. The Lord of hosts, him shall you hallow. Let, us be, let him be your fear, and let him be your dread. 
conspiracies are theories. The, the, if that stuff might be true, if that's true, it's true. But the bigger truth is that he is still seated on the throne and we are the people of light. And so knowing about all that stuff does not do anything for us. And what he's telling Isaiah in this day is, I know things are swirling, but I've called you to be my prophetic voice. And I don't want you to be weakened by stepping in this path and walking in this path. I know it looks appetizing. I know it's right in front of you. I know there are trials and tribulations right now. I understand all of those things, but I'm telling you, do not walk in that path. Don't Don't go down that path. Do not talk about conspiracies. Do not talk about all these things. You are not doing anything except elevating the world and not the higher kingdom. There's, it says, let him be your fear and let him be your dread. You know, the the, the thing is, I I mentioned this before uh, or at at the fall festival. I don't even know if you could hear me. But I was talking about at the, at the um, run for the roar, which was our fun run, if you didn't come. It was fun. <laughs> you missed it. Um, but at the, end of, at the end of the run, there was a, the kids wanted to do a, a little kids, it's not really little kids, all the kids um, fun run. And they just did this lap around the parking lot because they, they basically ran the whole run with us before. And so they did this little lap. And, um, and the smallest one there was my little Leo. And, uh, and it's funny because I've watched these videos over and over. But Leo's sitting there right in the beginning. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a picture of them at the start of the race. And I get him and he's going, Rah! I like just like already roaring like this, and then and Pastor Jeff's like go, and he's like, Rah! and he starts taking off running, and he's straight up last place already. Like started from, and the and my thought like right when he took off was I'm gonna have to go get him. Like he's not gonna run that whole thing, because all the other kids were way older and they just took off running, went around the thing. Well, uh. At the end of this run, here comes Leo around the bend, and he's by himself, and we all start cheering, go, Leo, go, Leo. And you can see he's, in, Leo is as outgoing as he seems he is. He can get really shy and reserved, especially if you put him on the spot. If you try to tell him, Leo, give us a roar, he's going to be like, and he's going to go hide behind something, and then you'll go about your day, Karen's, and all of a sudden, raw, and you're like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> he likes to catch you off guard. He's a true lion. And so, uh. But so like when he came around then everybody starts cheering. I was like, oh gosh, he's probably, and he actually did. He starts kind of running beside our uh, suburban like he was going to like quit. And then all of a sudden there's just something rose up within him and he turned back and he starts running. And it's just, I mean, as a father, I'm just sitting there. It's slow motion and here comes Leo. But I've watched the video over and over, and one of the things that just struck me was how Leo, if you saw it, and, and maybe, maybe not, because, it, I, again, I'm his dad, but this is, so this is my story, I'm up here. Anyway, <laughs> shut your mouth. Um, anyways, uh, but, but watching his face all of a sudden, like, last place, like, all the kids are done, little guy, 
and he's running across the line with the biggest smile you've ever seen. Just and run, and it was like he went from kind of running to all of a sudden seeing the end and taking off as hard as he could. And Yahweh reminded me as I was watching the videos of, and I, and I know I've told this a million times, it's okay, of when Leo was named. And, and he's just said, remember that time. Go back and, and remember those things. And so there's this time that I was, I was running uh, in this park, and at this park, there was this statue of a lion. It was like a like play statue, whatever. There's this lion. Never, ever would have thought to name my child Leonardo is his actual full name. Not after DiCaprio, not after Da Vinci, after the Lord. So just, <laughs> you're okay. Um, but, but I was running and Leo, we, we didn't have a name for him. You know, we obviously knew that Eva was pregnant and we're, I was running and I got to the end and this one day, uh, Yahweh was saying, like I would stop at this point and probably, you know, towards the end of this building, maybe that distance, was this lion. And I just felt in my spirit that I was to sprint to that lion. And it was for Leo. I mean, I didn't know his name was Leo, but it was for my son. And so I was like, that's weird. But, so, but all this time I would sprint, and I would sprint, and I would go, and I'd, and I'd hit that lion, and I would just say, for my son, for my son. And then I started to get this like revelation within me that he is going to be like a lion. He's going to be bold as a lion. That was the word within me, bold as a lion. So I went and I was like, this is aside from Eva, because the last time I came to her, the name was Frank, which was already a little bit of a tough, you know, push to her. She's like, well, let's think about that some more. We'll, we'll come back to it. Um, so I didn't want to, I didn't want to scare her. So I go and I, I searched what, uh, bold as a lion meant. And it was Leonardo and Leo meant lions. Cause I like backed up. Trust me. I went through the whole thing. I was like, she's not going to take that. So let's, what's Leo. It just meant lion. But I knew that the word was bold as a lion. So I told her that, and she didn't have as much trouble with that one as she did Frank. So she was okay. Um, but, but Leo, it's, it's wild. That kid loves lions. He loves them. And this, we didn't put it in his room. We didn't do any of that. It's never pushed that at all. I promise you that. It's, it was something that Yahweh revealed to me prophetically in a day before I, he even had a name. Yahweh knew him to a degree that he said, let me tell you about your boy. And he's running to, I'm, I, he's running across that line. And I'm just thinking about this, this lion that's in Leo, and he's always about the power of the roar. And I've been on the other end of an actual lion's roar, being an idiot as a kid. And I was at the zoo, and I thought it would be funny to kind of like reach my hand. Now, I didn't touch him. Don't worry. I, hey, listen, I know. I'm airing it all out here. Accept me for who I am, okay? So we're at the zoo, and I kind of just, he was behind this, like, fence or whatever, and I was like, oh, lion, lion, and he turned around and roared at me, like, whoa, like, it was this weird, like, shut down the park type thing, like, Mila in Publix type of situation, like, this huge roar, and it, I'm telling you, it shook everything within me and scared me to death, but I'm reminded that y- the He is the, Yeshua is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And we believe that these are the roaring 20s. And we're doing this whole run, run for the roar. And here's Leo crossing the line. And I want you to to know that the roar 
of this year, as we approach the end of this year, this roar is not a roar of war. It's not a roar of difficulty. It's not even a fight. This is a roar of triumph, of victory, of joy. And to the enemy, that roar is terrifying. And on the other end of what you're supposed to be on of that roar is terrifying. It is, but he is, it, Eva had the word that he's roaring over us, that there is a, that this year he, he gave us this because this year we're to run the end of this race of 2020 like Leo crossing that finish line with the biggest smile, with the most joy that we could ever have experienced. That should be bubbling up within our hearts. With praise, he's the, he's the, the lion of the tribe of praise. And that's what we're called to do at the, end of this, at the end of this year, all the way through Christmas. This, is, this season, this time is unlike any other. It's great to see people home, and I'm sure we're going to see more of them. And it's just everything is really exciting in this time. But it, joy can be robbed from you. Especially by how you set this off this morning. Like if you're feeding yourself, even in this beautiful season that's about Yeshua, that's it's a time where literally naturally, whether you believe in 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 Christ or not, whether you're a Christian or not, that people are coming together as family, which is biblical, which is kingdom. And and people are coming together and people are open, their hearts are open to this season. There's a joy that's supposed to be in this season. But because of all the turmoil and the chaos, we can allow ourselves to go down a different road. And it's not what this tribe is meant to be. It's why I really believe that the end of this year, set your hearts to be a part. Set your hearts to be here with your finances. Give, and I don't just mean by, by the amount, I mean by the heart. I, I don't know why you always put that so much on my heart right now, but he is, it's, it's in my own family with Eva and I, like to give with intentions, to, to not just throw something in a basket or send it off or do whatever else, but to know that this is not about a law. This is about honor. This is about worship. Let's be intentional about when we come, when we are told to do something by Holy Spirit, when you're in Chili's and you have that person you're supposed to pray over and you're directed, don't be casual about that. If you have a word that you're supposed to speak, don't be casual. I might say no, but that's my job. Don't be casual about coming up and saying like, hey, I have a word. I have a testimony. I have something in my heart. Understand that you need to believe that 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 is Yeshua coming up within you that needs to change the atmosphere like Robert Allen did this morning. Like he set the course because this is what Holy Spirit wants to say and wants to highlight this morning. No casual approaches. Running just any time that we come into this place and you're thinking, uh, I'm not really feeling it, or I'm just, you know, not in worship. I want you to picture Leo's face running across that finish line. And understand that's what he desires for us. That he doesn't see this thing as just like, eh, whatever, the end of the year, we finally made it. No, 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 no. This is the start, the beginning of the roaring 20s in this tribe. And I, for one, am not going to approach that casually. I'm going to approach it with as much like, there you go. With as much, uh, can y'all, you can't see it, but with as much joy and excitement as I approach the beginning of 2020, he's cute, isn't he? 
<laughs> That's the picture to have in your head right there. I, uh, last week I was running and I, um, and I was listening to, uh, really I've actually been in a, in a, in a season of my life where I've even, this, this might sound weird to you, but it's a Holy Spirit thing. So you just shut your mouths. So, um, (laughs) Eva keeps getting mad at me. I don't know. It started off this morning. It's just whatever. I love you all. Oh, anyways, don't shut your mouths. I love you guys. Um, anyways, but I've had this, I've had this thing that's just been like Holy Spirit driven, and I, and I, I obviously have a voice in Apostle Damon Thompson, who I, who I listen to, who I, you know, feed off of, who I love so much and honor him. But Yahweh's brought me into a season of where he doesn't, he hasn't even, I don't even listen. Um, I'm connected, and it's it's wild. If I ever hear somebody come up and tell me about something Damon has said, I'm like, I've been right there with that. Like, it's because it's by the Spirit. But I believe that Yahweh's bringing me into a place of such trust and such trust that he's put something in me that even the good stuff that we can surround ourselves with, I believe he's wanting to. Now, I speak individually to Apostle on the phone and and that kind of stuff, but as far as a message, he's just putting some things in my spirit specifically for this tribe, right? Specifically for where we are and what we're supposed to be walking in. And so I'm trusting him to just do that. But I listened, I felt felt led to just to, to... press play on his podcast, and I'm not really sure when it was. Maybe you've heard it recently. That's the other thing. If you are listening to Apostle Damon, be giving to Apostle Damon. I know a lot of people eat from that and feed from that, Apostle Aaron or whoever else it might be. Honestly, you need to limit those things and be plugged into the tribe and not just get things from everywhere, whatever. But if you are, if you've you've been impacted by those things, always give to them. Always honor those things. Don't just be a freeloader. So anyways, I, I press play and I'm, um, and, and it's uh, Johnson, who's a, a prophetic voice in their house, and Damon, and they're talking. They had just been singing this song, the one that we've sang here before that says, uh, take me back to the beginning when I was young, running through the fields with you. And he, and he said that, uh, and, he, and he talked about, he was like, you know, I think that so many times we, we don't go back far enough. We think of ourselves as, you know, a three-year-old, a two-year-old, where times were good. Like, we didn't have anything to worry about, and it was just, you know, Yahweh and, you know, whatever. My parents had everything under control. But he says he actually thinks you need to go back further and think of it this way. Like Jeremiah said, before I formed you, I knew you. And that, that formed... Uh, <clears throat> That form Jeffrey sang about it this morning, he started to sing about uh, the potter spinning you in a wheel, which is really the depiction of waiting, right? To whirl in the dance, I believe that in our waiting, it's like he's like a, a potter shaping us in that moment of just stillness, of like us whirling in that dance and shaping us into the, the fullness of who he is. But he's, he's like a potter, that word, that word that says, before I formed you, that is like a potter very delicately 
shaping a pot or his creation, that he's very, very intentional intentional about every single piece. And then he says, before I formed you, I knew you. I was intimately, you are part of me. We were in complete oneness. You are, it's his breath that he breathed into us. We are created in his image. And we need to understand that this, he did not create us casually. And he, did, he knew everything within us far before we ever came to this planet. And a lot of times what happens when we come into the atmosphere of his presence is we're reminded. It's why like sometimes you come into church and you feel really good and then you allow yourself to go back down that road of darkness and it's like, ah, oh, difficult, difficult, difficult. Oh yeah, like, oh, this feels good. It's, I'm telling you, it's not the song. It's the anointing within these people and within me and with others that speak that, that ushers in the presence. That what you're feeling, the reminder, is the presence. It's what changes everything. And so why, how can I get a download about my son, Leo? It's because he, before he formed him, he knew him. And I believe that the reason we're going to talk about politics and the reason that we're going to speak about it, not like how all the, a lot of the other churches are speaking about politics, about who you should vote for and why things are all bad and whatever else, but politics in the sense of beware of the leaven and, and don't let this become a part of you is because there is such a higher call. This is our time. Like this is, this is what we were designed to do. There's no purpose for Yahweh to speak about us being light if there's not going to be darkness that we need to overcome. There's no reason for this joy and hope and peace and all these things that we just, you know, casually say, but there's no reason for that if everything, like supernatural joy and peace and, all, and, and, and all love and whatever else, there's, there's no reason for that kind of thing if we're, if we're not going to be met in trials and, and situations and issues and the day of trouble like David talks about. So I want to I wanna start, uh, start, I'm sorry, I, I guess I've already started, but I want to, I want to, uh, I want to read something to you. You might have heard it, maybe you haven't. Psalm 16.8, <laughs> your Bible should just fly right open to it. And listen, I could, I, I really, I'm, I want to get to one verse that, that Holy Spirit has highlighted for me as I've read this over and over. I hope you've read it over and over. If you haven't read it over and over, probably hear my voice saying it over and over just in your head. But, but this is the, this is, I could just read the verse, but I want to read the whole thing. Because I do not want us to be, I think we, I say this a lot, but I think we move on so quickly from everything that we understand things conceptually, but we don't ever live them. They don't be, become a part of who we are. And so I just want, when we have something that Yahweh highlights, like set the Lord before you, and there's this revelation coming out of that, set the Lord before you by eating up that revelation and letting it become life to you that you don't just understand it on Sunday, but you literally, anytime a trial, something comes up, you go, no, I, I set the Lord before me. It's what comes up out of you, right? It's, it's, what's, it's what's right here at the tip of your tongue. And that's what I found in my, the, the phrase that Yahweh has, has given me. It's my own set the Lord before you. David used to say, quiet my soul. For me, it's you have my full attention, 
Lately, that's been, my, that's been the cry of my heart. Every single time something has come, up, has come up and I get a little frustrated or I'm a little anxious or I'm, you know, a little bit just whatever, I, I, I go back to, I, you have my full attention. Just you have everything that you need from me, you have my full attention. And that's my focus. That's that pullback to I set the Lord before me. But I, again, I don't want us to be understanding this conceptually. I want us to be living, uh, living, breathing people that actually set the Lord before them. And that is that face-to-face walk where everything that we see is goodness. Everything that we see is light. We see who we're called to be. We see situations the way we're supposed to see them because they're through his eyes, not our own. A completely new lens. And so Psalm 16, 8 says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Can't go past this verse without saying once again, this is the most important thing in this time. If you are being moved by anything other than Holy Spirit, you're going in the wrong direction. If the news is moving you more, if a Facebook post is moving you more, if anything else is moving you more, let me say this, there is no substitution for the voice of Yahweh. There is no, there's, not, there's not an opinion, there's not a YouTube videos, the video, there's not a podcast, there's not a revelation, there is no one can speak to you, no good preacher, no nobody can speak to you like Abba can speak to his son or can speak to his daughter. You have Holy Spirit within you, which means you have the ability to hear for yourself and I can promise you, he is speaking. He is speaking. Because he is at my right hand, and I've set him before me, I shall not be moved. Who's been moved in the past few weeks? Thank you, Lindsay, for being honest. Me too. By anything, your finances shouldn't move you. The insurance company, though they do a good job, they should not move you. We, we, we got to be a people that are just a standard of a backbone, not moving people that are just convinced that we have the Lord before us. So what could ever be against us? That there's no way that this thing can't end in goodness. The roar is not of fighting. The roar is of triumph. How does he fight battles? Setting a table. <laughs> in the presence of our enemies. That's what war looks like to the Father. He's like, oh, these guys, hey, pull up. I got something I want you to try real quick. He could not care less. Yeshua is not higher by this. Like, this isn't the, your issues and then Yeshua. Like, Yeshua, Yahweh, Holy Spirit, this heaven is encom- like so other than so otherworldly that these things aren't even comparable. Like it's laughable. Yes. So, so, we, so we come to this place where we set the Lord before us and we're not moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. This is where Holy Spirit has highlighted this thing for me. In your presence is fullness of joy. 
I like how it doesn't say in your presence is joy. We need to understand that Yahweh Abba is relentless for the pursuit of a whole heart. Fullness. He's about abundance. He's about overflow. He's not about just enough. He's not just trying to make sure you're a little bit happy. He wants you to be so full of joy that every situation you're crossing that finish line with that face of joy. And the thing that, that, that it inhibits us from the fullness of joy is a misunderstanding of what joy actually is. You see, joy is joy, peace, love. These were put in, in us whenever he was forming us. This is him. He doesn't have the confusion and the anxiety and all those things. This is everything that we need is already within us. But you know what those things are? Is they're fruits of the spirit, right? Joy is a fruit of the spirit, which makes me believe and know that this thing must be cultivated. So though it's within me, if I'm not cultivating that joy, then I'm not, I'm not going to be walking out that. You're not going to see that fruit. I'm not going to taste that fruit coming out of me. Why don't I have peace? Why don't I have love for others? Why, well, I'm not cultivating it, mainly probably because I'm cultivating something else. I'm cultivating the anxiety. My gaze has turned to this. That's why I keep saying you have my full attention. Because I know that if I'm anxious, that's not of heaven. That's not of the Father. That's not something that's supposed to be within me. And so we have this confusing thing of like, we really believe that we, this, like, this anxiety, this fear, this, this, this distress, whatever it might be, like this is just something I need to learn to deal with. But that's not actually how we were designed. This, we were designed with joy and peace and love and hope. This is the natural response that we should be walking in. This, any of this is just crud that we've allowed to get in our hearts and take root. But this is the real way we're supposed to live. A rooted joy, something that starts to, to, to produce fruit. It should be so natural. This is how we should be living. This, this idea of cultivating this fruit, of looking at the light and not the darkness, it seems so simple, but I'm telling you, it, meditate on him day and night. Meditate on him day and night. Set the Lord before you. It's huge. It's huge because what happens is outside of that, outside of the fullness of joy, outside the, of you understanding that this isn't, it's not a chemical response to a stimulus like maybe you would, you would see it in a book. That's what joy might be or an emotion might be. Uh, joy by the, by the Bible is so much deeper. It always is. And we just take it as joy. Yeah, I felt joy before when I got that new car. When I, no, 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 no. That is, that's circumstantial. The Hebrews were not talking about that. They're talking about something that is so deep-rooted that cannot be moved. It's impossible. This is so part of my nature that it doesn't matter what I see in front of me, it's always going to be there. It's unmovable, unshakable. It's something that's by the Spirit. It's something that is of Yahweh, which he put in me that can't be removed. It might be able to be quilled and I can put all this junk on top of it so it's not bearing fruit and I can't see it, but it can't be taken out of me. I am joy. I am peace. I am love. I am faithfulness. These are the fruits of my spirit. 
And so I just need to do a better job of cultivating those things and getting my weed eaters out and getting rid of all of this anxiety and stuff. Most of those things are because you have been, I've said this all the time, you are meditating on something. You are drinking something. 100%. Naturally. Like if you, if you have any issue with the whole spirit, I know we don't, but if you ever talk to anybody that has trouble with the spiritual side of things, let's get in the natural world. What you feed grows. What you don't feed dies. Black and white. Black and white. So if you feed these things, if you're eating of this fruit, if you're constantly doing this, you're going to all of a sudden get these weeds that come out. And those are the things that are going to be right in front of you anytime trial comes. You're like, and see, we, because we have a misconception of what joy is, then we also have a, a, a failed response anytime a trial comes up. We think, well, I'm just not as happy as I should be. Things aren't going the way that I think that they should go. I'm probably just not hearing right. It's probably because of what I did last Tuesday. It's probably because of this, that, and the other. And we allow this shame to come in. We allow this guilt to come in that was never supposed to be a part of us. And we give all this reasoning for why I feel the way that I feel. And it's, it's obviously Yahweh has something against me, but he is a good father. He never put that in you in the first place. That is your doing. And we need to take responsibility that if that got in my heart, I'm going to be the one to get it out. And you know how I get it out? Father, I honor you. I worship you. I, I put you before me. I set you before me. It's that simple. That is the weed eater you need. And you need to say, I, I give you my full attention. I turn my gaze to you. I'm not going to be moved by this financial situation. I'm not going to be moved by this political situation or the crises in this world because I am called to be the answer to those things. So I can't be looking at them all along. Fullness of joy. Am I speaking to you this morning? Yes. We, we typically, the, the, this, this, the scripture that says, the scripture that says, um, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Which I, which I always say that it, that's, if I could change that a little bit, I know that sounds bad, but I, Hope, to me, what I believe the biblical definition of hope is a joyful expectation for good. So for me, hope can't be deferred. It's more like unfulfilled expectations makes the heart sick. That's typically what that is, is unfulfilled expectations. We have an expectation that someone's going to be in office. We have an expectation that at the end of the year, my account's going to look like this. We have an expectation that this project's going to be finished at this point, or that I'm going to have this, or I'm going to have that. This is where I'm going to be because I've prophesied that, and I've, I've spoken that, or I've heard him speak that to me. And we have this unfulfilled expectation. And it makes a heart sick. Well, what's the, what's the significance of a heart being sick? Y'all with me? I feel like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm losing some people. We need to jump, do jumping jacks or what? Good? We good? Turkey's still hitting you? All right, listen. This is, this is one of the most important things I've ever found in my life is that, is that a, a sick heart is, is detrimental. The heart is mentioned, the inner man is mentioned more times than just about any other concept in the Bible. It's actually mentioned roughly like 860-something times in the Bible. 
always talking about the heart, and we know the significance of uh, above all else, guard your heart. This is the innermost being of who you are. Out of the abundance of this place, the mouth speaks. Well, what's the importance of that? Well, the Bible also tells us that in the tongue is the power of death and life. So if we have something within us that's death and it's abundantly coming out of us, darkness, then we are actually speaking death into our existence, into our world. It's that important. And if you don't believe deep down that your words have the power of death and life, then just go ahead and, and let, look around you. Look at your world around you. If you're speaking death, you're walking in death. If you're speaking life and hope and joy and peace, that's what you'll be walking in. I promise you. I promise you. <clears throat> but, but one of the things that, I've, that, I've, that helped me really see this is, is the, and I'm going to go through this pretty quickly, but I, is, is the, the walk of the disciples. Because this is one of the things I feel like in the church and as believers and the things that we deal with is uh, you hear this conspiracy theory talk of, and Eva's mentioned this before, which is funny, but it's, the term is woke, and all the people that are, that are speaking, you know, about Trump and all these things going wrong or whatever, they always use this term, wake up. You, it's time to wake up to the reality of what's going on. Wake up, wake up. And it's funny because the disciples actually went through this weird process with Yeshua. Yeshua in John 14 is sitting there speaking to his disciples, telling them about everything that he's, that he's about to experience, that he's going to have to go, he's going to be with his father, that there's all these trials and things that are going to come. And they're sitting there going like, what? You were supposed to be like the savior of everything here. Like you were supposed to take out this Roman rule. You were supposed to be this higher power and really bring the kingdom of Yahweh here. Like this is, this is what you were here to do. This is what I've been expecting all along. This is why I left everything, my family, everything I've known to follow you. This is who you're supposed to be. This is what I'm expecting you to be. And Yeshua, he, as he's saying it, it's so cool. As he speaks, he stops and he'll be, let not your heart be troubled. Don't, don't let your heart be troubled. I have to go to be with my father. It's important for me to go that I be with my father. So Holy Spirit can h- come and fill you. Ho- don't let your heart be troubled. Well, later on, it shows uh, it, it, that, that, the, that the disciples actually, of course, do let their heart be troubled. And they have something that comes within them called sorrow. So I believe sorrow is the root of trouble in your heart. You get, you get in a day of trouble, you have a trial, you're going to feel it, right? It's, that's the emotional response. Someone dies, that's sad, that's tough. You might not have understanding for that. I have no understanding for a lot of the reasons people have died or that there's cancer or all these things, and I want to be in a day, I'm, I believe for a day, where we're going to see atmospheres shift all of that kind of stuff. But you have these things happen, and there's disappointment. There's unfulfilled expectations, and it can make your heart sick. It's our job to allow Holy Spirit, to allow Yeshua, to allow Yahweh to overcome all those things and above all else, guard our hearts. And what guards our hearts? His peace, which passes all understanding. That's why we pray that. We don't just pray that because that's just a prayer we pray when someone has a difficult situation. I pray that because that's what the Bible says. 
The Bible says that it's his peace that surpasses all understanding that will guard our hearts and our minds. So that's what I pray over us is that our hearts are guarded from these things. You feel those emotions? Don't let them become a root of sorrow. Now, I want to jump in and show you where, uh, actually in the Bible, where it says um, something that is very significant. Remember the awakening, the wake up, woke, whatever you want to say. This is in uh, Luke chapter 22, verse 39. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. Luke 22, verse 39. You'll remember this. This is very popular. Just stay right there and let me read this to you. This is, uh, okay, while you're there, let me read this to you. This is in uh, John chapter 16. It, I mentioned it, but I want you to actually hear it because I don't feel like you believe me. Um, John sixteen five. Uh, We'll start at four. It says, but these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go away to him who sent me and none of you asked, where am I going? But six says, but because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Well, they asked him multiple times, where are you going? What he's saying is, you don't have concern about, you don't have the hope that needs to fill your heart that says, where are you going? What is going to happen in the sense of what goodness is about to take place? Not just fear of what's going to happen, but knowing like, okay, so what's going to take place? Who is this Holy Spirit? What's about to fill me? What do we have to look forward to? But he's sitting here saying like, I'm telling you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Remember all those times I kept telling you, don't let your heart be troubled. And I believe that this is a time, so much so, where it's don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. Look at me, set me before you. Do not let your heart be troubled. Because if you do, and you allow this thing to keep rising up within you, you're gonna turn that thing into a root of sorrow. And let me show you what that does. Back to what I just said, where were we? Uh, Luke Luke 22, 39, it says, coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives and he was accust- as he was accustomed and his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter temptation. Okay, let's think this one through real quick. You're with Yeshua, Jesus the Christ. Well, I can't have a minute. All right. Mouth felt a little clammy, man. I just want to admit. <laughs> You're with Yeshua in close proximity to the anointed one, and he's telling you, do not fall into temptation. What are you going to be tempted of in the presence of Yeshua? It seems like just a weird concept to me. Pray that you may not fall into temptation. 41 says, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw away, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Learn from Yeshua. Let's learn from Yeshua. Being in a day of trouble, he prayed even more eagerly. He once again said, nope, 
not your will, they're not my will, but your will. Not my will, but your will. Let me just pray into what you're doing because you have such a better vision for this thing. Then, he sw- then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. 45 says, when he rose up from prayer and he had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. I've always read this and knew that the disciples were sleeping, which seems ridiculous when you've got Yeshua who's sweating drops of blood over here, praying as eagerly as he can. They're a stone's throw away, as the Bible says, which means they're like right over there. And here's Yeshua having the most intense, agonizing moment he's ever had. And these men who love him are asleep. Read into these scriptures a little more. Why were they asleep? Because they allowed a root of sorrow to come in their hearts. Maybe in this story they were physically asleep, but what I really believe the depiction is here and what the church and what Christians and what believers or kingdom people, whatever you need to say about yourself, sons and daughters of Yahweh, need to be aware of is that there in a day like this can be a root of sorrow that puts you to sleep. Have you ever felt like sometimes where you just, I don't, it's not feeling it. Just don't feel his presence. I just don't, I'm frustrated. I just, whatever, I'm telling you, it's because you're sleeping. When things stop becoming real to you, there's something in you asleep. And you've got the world while you're asleep going, hey, it's time to wake up. And it's like this this sleeping baby in between two worlds. And on one end, you've got the world saying, wake up, wake up, wake up into this world. And now you're woke now you know, you have everything you need. And then over on the other side, you have Yeshua sitting here saying, pray that you don't fall into the temptation. What's a temptation? Falling asleep because of sorrow, allowing trouble to fill your heart. And I'm telling you that this heart, that this inner man, we have work to do. We really, really do. That sounds ridiculous. That sounds like so small. But I'm telling you, setting the Lord before you is all for the purpose of fullness of joy, of not being moved, of being the standard, the people we're supposed to be. There's a, there's a scripture in First uh, Peter, and it says, it says, sanctify the Lord in your hearts. And this is the remedy to the sick heart, I believe. This is the remedy to the rooted sorrow, uh, if you feel asleep, if you don't feel like, literally some people are asleep right now, but if you don't feel, if you feel like asleep in your life, if you feel like you're not sensitive to Holy Spirit, if you feel like some things that used to be awakened in you, used to be alive in you, are no longer as vibrant as they should be, there is this promise that you are to sanctify the Lord in your hearts. That will wake you up. What do, what do you mean by sanctify the Lord in your hearts? It means make him Lord. It means holiness. It means turning your face away from every little thing. It, it, a little bit is too much. A little bit can turn into disappointment, can turn into sorrow, can put you straight to sleep. I'm telling you, he is calling a people to be completely, utterly completely shut off to everything else, wholly unto him. That people can change the course of history. I really believe that people can make a change, can do something for the kingdom so that goodness covers this earth, that, so that we can be light. 
But if you want to, and you're convinced that all you're going to need to do is sit around and look at politics or look at Facebook, shut it off. I'm telling you, shut it off. I cannot say it enough. Turn it off. Just turn it off. We have been sleeping. And it's time for us to wake up, not to the reality of the world, but to the reality of the kingdom. Stop spewing the venom of politics. Stop spewing the venom of of darkness. Stop agreeing in the same path that everybody else is agreeing in. Stop walking down that same road. You are called to something higher. You are called to something better. You're called to have joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. You're called to have something bubbling out from inside of you that actually changes people, that actually changes people you come in contact with, not someone who will turn their ear and listen to the venom you're going to spew from what you've been seated in. Whatever you're seated in is what's coming out of you. Out of the abundance of this heart, the mouth speaks. If you need to know if you have a sick heart, listen to what you're saying. If you need to, if you need to know if, if, if you are alive, if you're drinking from the right source, just what do you thirst for? What are you thirsting for? What are you thirsting for? We have these awesome, awesome shirts for sale back there. That's not a plug. That's get you one because they're amazing. But this is what it says on the back. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That is sanctifying the Lord in your heart. One thing, one track focus. And it's Psalms 27.4 and it says, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, David did not write this in the fields, not worrying about anything. This is a beautiful thing, but actually David wrote this in the day of trouble. He was reminding himself of the source that he drinks from. Five, five says, For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. <laughs> you see that? Anybody else say that? He shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. Because the ones that are hidden are exalted. The ones that can have face-to-face, one-on-one with him, hidden in the wings of his, of his power, of who he is, he also elevates and they become a rock. They become something that changes something, that changes the world, that changes the atmosphere. He says, he says that he shall hide me, he shall, and then he shall set me high upon a rock. And now... My head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. He doesn't say that figuratively. He says, I have enemies all around me. So one thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek. What is, what is reality? The word in Hebrew actually means that which is sought. Literally, that's a definition of reality in, in Hebrew is that which is sought. That's why there's so many scriptures about seek ye first the kingdom. Knock and the door will be answered. It's all about seeking him. 
One thing have I desired in the day of trouble, in the day of trial. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy. Another translation, which I always say, says the sacrificial shouts of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Sacrificial shouts of joy mean that it is not the day to be full of joy. It's that sometimes I'm just coming in. Next, next verse, he says, yeah, I say yes. What he's doing is coming into agreement. It's true worship. What I said about coming in here is coming into an agreement of he is higher than everything that we have trouble with. That is what he's doing, that I'm offering this sacrificial shout of joy because right now I don't feel it. I've got enemies trying to take my life from me. But one thing have I desired, I'm coming into agreement with you're higher than them. Therefore, I will offer sacrificial shouts of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing uh, praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. So we've got enemies all around him. We've got a mother and a father forsaking him. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in, this, in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen up against me. So we've got enemies all around him. We've got a mother and a father that have forsaken him. And here we have false witnesses spewing junk about him. And such as breathe out violence, I would have lost heart. Unless I had believed that I would see. This is joy-filled expectation for good. Unless, I would, uh, unless I, I would have lost heart, unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living today. So wait on the Lord. Allow him to continue to craft you. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. The remedy to the the confused, the broken, the seed of sorrow, of disappointment, all of those things are, are, are remedied. The weed eater comes in and takes all that junk out that's not of us by saying, one thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek. Sanctifying the Lord in our hearts. Let me give you one more picture and then we'll, and we'll get out of here. I, uh, I asked Yahweh not too long ago about how I, you know, what's going on? Same kind of question. Things seem so like chaotic and crazy and, you know, I just feel like everything's like a pause and a wait and a pause and a wait and I'm an anxious person by nature. Well, not by nature, by junk. But I, <laughs> I get that, get that preached back to me later. <clears throat> um, but I, but all this stuff, and I was, and I said, Yahweh, like, I know it is, is, as much as it is obvious that things seem chaotic right now, it's equally, if not more obvious, that you're doing something in the midst here. 
like something big is taking place. And he immediately gave me this picture of when I was teaching my boys how to swim. And he showed me, I saw myself in the water, and here is Frank or Leo who are standing on the edge of the pool, and, he's, and I'm going, come on, jump in. What's the purpose of me wanting to ju- them to jump in is because I know that in this place is fullness of joy. Like, this is your summer, man. Like, this is, you will love this. But from their perspective, they don't have what's within them at the moment. They don't have the ability to survive alone in that setting. So there's a little bit of fear, there's a little bit of anxiety, there's a little bit of doubt, and I feel like every time we start to feel those things right now is, is to picture yourself right on the edge of the pool. Like Yahweh is calling us into a new place. It's going to require a ton of trust, a fullness of trust, a fullness of holiness, a fullness of sanctification in our hearts of Him. But I'm telling you, I believe that what He wants to do is bring us into new environments, if you can see this, what I'm saying, this is more prophetic than I usually get, but he, he's wanting to bring us into a new environment, a new church, a new place, a new way of doing this whole thing that if you don't, if you try to do it by yourself, you don't have the ability to survive. And it can seem scary. It can seem weird. There's no answer. There's no understanding. I can't explain to my kids like, look, if you jump in this water, you will die, but jump in this water. And he doesn't desire for us to walk that out alone. He wants to bring us into a place that seems weird and teach us how to thrive and teach us how to do church, teach us how a tribe is supposed to operate, teach us how this is supposed to look for the generations to come, teach us how to run across the finish line of 2020 with a big old lion smile on our face, roaring. To speak to you? Good, 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 good. Y'all go ahead and stand with me. Unfulfilled expectations. Put that, put that in front of you because I do know that there's a lot of people in this day, li- listen, no matter where you are, even if you don't care about politics, just with this day, with all the junk going on right now, that there's unfulfilled expectations. No one could have predicted at the beginning of this year that this is what it was going to look like. Except for us who said that this would be the roaring 20s. We didn't know what that looked like, but we pro- I believe that we prophesied that right. I know we did. This is the roaring 20s. But no one knew that we would be in this kind of a place right now. And there's a seed of, of disappointment. There's a seed of sorrow that can come into our hearts. Don't, don't let that word sorrow be like, well, I'm not like depressed or whatever. I'm talking about just the unfulfilled expectations is where it starts. Just a little bit of leaven, just a little bit of, God, I knew this was going to be, it should have been something different. It shouldn't be like this. Our, our day didn't used to be like this back in, you know, every generation has said that first off. But don't get so disappointed that that becomes sorrow and you start to fall asleep to the reality of the kingdom, which is Yahweh is moving and Yahweh is speaking and this is the day that he has made and we need to rejoice in it and that we were called to be light and we were called to be hope and we were called to be the gateway from which heaven comes to earth. So we need to make sure that we stay in postured in that position, right? Amen. All right, I want these guys to just finish with gratitude. 
Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org.